Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Abel, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers to thrive on camera and in life and make an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the phrase, how to slow down. It means what you think it means, but it's very difficult for many of us to put into practice. Here to discuss is returning champion, Candace Hickman. Candace is a spiritual life coach and marketing mentor and was my guest on the third episode of the podcast and profoundly impacted me with her wise and heart-centered approach to branding. To become known, you must first become known to yourself. Since then, Candace has founded The Slow Year, which is what we are here to discuss. The Slow Year aims to support high-functioning professionals, business owners, and everyday people to disconnect from the grind of life and, and embody the principles of slow living. Welcome back, my dear friend, Candace. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love that returning chant. <laughs> totally. But so now I really want to get into because I want, first off, you know, if you would define what the slow year is and means to you, but also I want to go deep into how the slow year is kind of almost like a logical extension or another, it's such an important step in the becoming known process. Mm. Yeah. So I, um, the slow year, in fact, I mean, it kind of arose from this realization that I was feeling pretty stagnant in my life, you know, like I had given this advice to you and to many others, you know, in order to become known, um, you first have to become known to yourself. And I felt like I was on a little bit of shaky ground there. Like I wasn't really practicing what I preached. I, I felt like, oh, there's something that still feels like it's not quite connecting. Um, the work that I was doing the last time I was on the podcast in kind of the personal branding and marketing realm, I felt like that there was something that was a little bit, um, just a little bit on the side of that, you know, a little different, a different lane that I was meant to be in. And I had been pushing and launching things that didn't seem to be quite landing because there felt like there was a little bit of a disconnect in, in my spirit, a bit of misalignment. And so at the end of... Um, last year, I really came to a bit of a standstill where I said, you know what, I need to slow down. I'm going so fast all the time. And I feel like that fast, that that speed is causing me to not have this kind of reflective time that's necessary for any type of change. And I've been saying this, <laughs> I've also been saying this for years on end, like I need to slow down. And so at the end of last year, I said, you know what, next year, it's all about me just slowing down. I actually put a pause on my business. And this is, I know, is new information to you, Barbara, but I put a pause on, on my business um, in the larger sense and decided that I was just going to start coaching for a few different um, marketing companies. And so this year, I, I took some time off and I took some time to myself. And I really did. I slowed all the way down in my personal life and um, in my and and started returning to like a lot of the elements with which I grew up with, what I, which I'm happy to share about more. But um, in that process, I came to this full in this slowing down. I had this spaciousness where I fully just dropped back in to my roots, to where I came from, to the principles and the values with which I was raised, to so many things that I actually had forgotten about. And in that process, 
I found myself. Mm. And now as we are in these preparations for getting ready to launch the slow year, I've had space this year. I went back and got my spiritual coaching certification and um, my life coaching certification. And, um, you know, I, I started in health coaching, so I have all of that. Um, and bringing all of these different elements together, I really feel like the fragment and the misalignment that was once in my spirit has just dissipated. Like I feel like this is the work, this is the all-encompassing work that I believe that I was meant for and that I'm really, really excited about and really believe is going to be transformative because in slowing down, I found myself, you know. Mm. How does that realignment feel in your body? It feels... It feels so good. You know, if you're someone who's ever felt like um, just like something didn't quite feel right, like you know that you're meant to be doing something, but there is something in your spirit that's creating resistance to not feel that anymore, it almost makes you feel like you're invincible. Like there is this feeling in my spirit right now, like this assur- there's, there's this um, assurance that I'm going to create what I want to create. There is this passion and this confidence that people are going to experience a type of transformation and that the creations that, that I bring to the world, that it's going to have the type of impact that I really have desired to, to make. Like there is just, um, there is nothing it feels like there's nothing blocking my vibrational path, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Oh, yes. Yeah. So this is a lot of courage, right? Mm-hmm. And it said, you, you know, it had been percolating or the signs were kind of there for a long time. W- was there a thing? What was the thing or that moment that you're like, gave yourself the courage? Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it's not courage based. It's just the universe kicks your ass so hard. Yeah. It's like, don't have a choice. So I was just curious what, you know, at the end of last year, what was happening that you're like, okay, I'm doing it. Yeah. There was actually one, <laughs> there was one big thing and actually haven't really shared this story too publicly. Um, but I think we can do it here. Um, <laughs> I, I actually went on a trip with a friend Um and in in um, at the end of last year, and during this trip, um, we had some conversations that really left me feeling depleted, like conversations that were full of gossip, um, conversations that I felt like I had been having with this friend, situations that felt like they were recurring over and over and over again. Um, things that this friend was saying to me that I was kind of turned off by. But in retrospect, not even in retrospect, in the days after, so I guess retrospect, but in the days following the trip, I realised that um, this friend had become a mirror for me Mm. and that my life was in a plateau um, and that I was having in the same situations, the same conversations with the same people, nothing was changing month after month, and in some aspects of my life, year after year. And I remember thinking, I need to do something different. And I think for a lot of people, that answer often is, I need to work harder, I need to be more consistent, I need to do like all those things. And for me, I've worked very hard (laughs) in my life. 
I've worked hard, very hard for specific things. And that wouldn't, I just had this sense in my spirit that that wouldn't have made a difference for me. I said, I can't work. I, I don't want to work any harder. I don't think I can work any harder. And I think the thing that needs to change for me is that I need to slow down. I need to reprioritize wholesome friendship, mm. um, true communion with people. Um, I need to, I was stuck in kind of plateau when it came to my health. And I was like, well, if I could just spend a little bit more time at the gym or if I could just like go a little bit faster on the treadmill, I'm like, that's not feeling good. I think might the opposite might be true. Like, let me just slow it down. Like, let me just slow down. With my. Let me approach things with a softer, slower, more intentional energy because I feel like in that change has to come. You know, so many of us, default to what we think is the virtue of working harder because it's a great way to avoid what you really need to deal with mm -hmm. and you just are so naturally wise to say nope that's not it that's just another technique to avoid so earlier you said because the next step is returning to values that you've lost or had disconnected with. And it's interesting, you know, I'm hearing this because you're also truly one of the most, you know, values oriented people I know. So that's a heavy thing when we talk about how we got away from what really matters. And I actually loved your use of the word wholesome, which is kind of a word that falls out of disuse, mm. but it means something. So I was curious what it means to you and, and what values do you identify that you grew up with that you got away from? Yeah. Well, I, I will say that I grew up with slowness <laughs> and mm. I definitely got away from that. Like I grew up in Australia. I grew up in a little town called Coran, which um, was about, had about uh, 1,400 or so people in it when I was growing up. It was off the coast of the Sunshine Coast in Australia. It was at the base of like a mountain, the Coran Mountain, and we lived right there. And growing up, like we spent a lot of time just outdoors. My mum, uh, we lived, had a vegetarian diet. Mum, we ate a lot of like plant-based foods before it was cool or trendy to be that way. Um, we had Sabbath every week, which was like a day of sacred rest. The way that we spent time with our friends on the weekends, you know, generosity, you know, we donated a lot of our time. We donated a lot of um, our money and our resources without a mind to like, you know, no, there was no like selfishness involved. Generosity was actually a practice. And so there's a lot of these principles and these values that we just grew up with from the way that we nourish our bodies to the way that we nourish our spirits to the way that we choose to rest uh, habitually to the way that we um, are generous habitually that I just came to, when I came to the US, I think I got um, kind of entered a culture of like hustle, 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 work hard, don't give anybody your time if they're not paying for it. You know, every relationship becomes very transactional. Like if you don't have anything to bring to the table, then I don't have time for you. And so this, this kind of uh, mentality, I think in, in all of this, a lot of the values that I grew up with dissipated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think a lot of, you know, I, I grew up religious 
And I think that also, I was actually on the weekend, I was hanging out with some friends and they were playing this, uh, it was called the, the and game or something like that. The and game, it's like a conversation starter game. And the question that I got was like, what advice would you give to your 14 year old self or something um, similar to that? And I said, I would tell my 14 year old self to be proud of how she was raised. Be proud because there's so much that's actually really special and beautiful about it. But I thought it was lame, you know, coming up. Like, who wants to rest on a Saturday? <laughs> like, you know, all these things. Who wants to eat, you know, while the kids are eating hot chips and gravy at school? I've got salad sandwiches. Like, who wants to be healthy and well-rested and, you know, sp spend time with the same friends every weekend? Like, this was not, you know, this was not cool. So I think that just these are the values, just a few of the values that I returned to this year um, and that when I decided to make space for them, they came back in such a special way, like through the way that we've held events, storytelling events this year and through the way that we've, you know, um, hosted people in our home through dinner parties and book club and just reconnecting with people reconnecting with spirit reconnecting with self reconnecting in relationship with my husband all really and as a result um I think really deeply influencing the way that I work and also who I am and and the future as I as I envision it so much of this too is this giant energy shift mm. Right. And so as your energy shifts and what you put out there shifts, how people respond to you shifts. Right. So there's the ripple and the radiance. So I have a feeling because you're doing stuff. Mm. It's just your energy around the doing. Right. Has shifted. Right. It sounds like from hustle, transaction, ambition, build, which by the mm. way, I'm a big believer in, but I get you right mm. to, um, I don't know. It sounds like do share, mm. give. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. So I want to circle back to energy while you marinate on that. But I also want to find out, so what is, what's a slow day? What's a slow week? What's a slow mm. month compared to what it once was? Mm. I think it's a life with a lot of intention. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a life that is like, a, a lot of the times it's like counterculture. I know one of your favorite people is like Mel Robbins <laughs> uh, and like that five second rule. And, um, you know, I... I I was actually reading just, I was watching this thing the other day and it was talking about, it was this monk, this Buddhist monk who was talking about their, his morning and how one of the first things that they do in the morning is they wake up and they lay in bed, like they don't get up and they think about death. And I thought that that was really interesting. They think about death and then they do a chore and then they meditate and all these things. And um, I think that my slow mornings have been mornings with just greater intention mm. like I get up in the morning one of the first things I actually do is like leave the house I just go outside and like it doesn't matter if I go down the street to get a coffee walk around the block or if I'm going somewhere like the gym it's just like to be outside in the air like wake up to the day this year breath work has been something that I've really tapped into just to still slow myself down to start with intention all of those practices of journaling, but but I also think that there is physical time that I've added 
You know, if it means that I have to get up just a little bit earlier so that I can experience the morning like that, that I'm all about it. Um, but I do know like friends that have taken the, the they've who have stood up and said, you know, I'm going to accept the command to slow down regardless of what principles they've adopted. For them, it's just been like getting up and taking a few breaths in the morning or just being mindful of like, if I were to think more softly in this situation, if there were to be less pressure or expectation around this morning, around this day, around this decision, like how would I approach it? And so, yeah, I think that there has been, been a number of things, you know, whether it's invest the investments that I've decided to make into health, getting a, um, getting a membership at my local resort has been something that's <laughs> been like just a beautiful thing for me this year. Um, wait, wait, I want to go back to being softer and mm, softer decisions. Yes. This is really resonating with me. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually something, you know, because because I'm still like enjoying my slow year and I hope that I have a slow life <laughs> forevermore. Like I, it's, you know, I think for, the, for me and some people have said to me, why a year, Candice? And I've just said, well, I chose this long period of time because I knew that I was going to have to, if I wanted to make a change, that I was going to have to do it for a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and I also knew that for me, it was going to have to be fairly radical in that year because I, I just, I wanted to be sustainable. And so I probably maybe slowed down even possibly more than a lot of people actually have the potential to do, given that a lot of people work a nine to five or, you know, things like that. Um, but for me, um, you know, I, I slowed down all the way. But when it comes to soft decisions, uh, this is just something I've been thinking about over the last couple of months, actually. Um, I think about like if I'm in a place where I have to make a decision and it feels really hard or like, or maybe it's not even a decision that feels really hard. It just might be the choice as to whether or not I'm going to go and exercise today. Just like, let's start simple. And if I think like, if I start thinking about like the fact that I've got to go and exercise and how awful it's going to be and how much work it's going to, then I'm not going to want to go. But if I make the decision just like to move to think softly about it and I'm just going to go and it's just it's it's going to be nice because I'm just going to be like moving my body and when I move my body it actually feels really good to move my body and like if I could just like be slow when I'm there and be slow on my way to getting there and be slow on my way returning from the gym if the gym is where I'm going or if a walk is where I'm going if I could just be slow and just like maybe not put so much pressure on the idea of exercise to be doing anything for me other than allowing me to stretch out and feel good, then I probably will be more willing to do it. This actually happened to me just on um, Monday. I was like, I really don't want to go. No, it was Saturday, sorry. I was like, I really, really don't want to go to the gym today. <laughs> I don't want to do, I don't want to exercise. But then I thought, you know what, it's okay. Just, you're going to enjoy the walk. Like today you're going to walk there. You're not going to ride your scooter. Just walk. 
So I got out and I was like, Becca, you can just walk outside. You all, you know, Candace, how good it feels to walk outside. You do it every day. So I just walked outside and then I just slowly walked to the gym. And then I got to the gym and I was kind of just even slow there. I like got on the Stairmaster and I slowly walked on the Stairmaster. And then I kind of got on the roller and I slowly went on the roller. And I think I, I got quite a nice workout by the time I, you know, I'd moved my body and my, then I was ready to like lift a little bit of weight and move a little bit more. But this I just took kind of blowing my mind. Like now I'm connecting all the dots. And mm. let me, let me ask you if I'm hearing this correctly. It's literally the opposite of rushing. Opposite so of rushing. So the slow year doesn't mean you stopped and did nothing. You're doing mm -hmm. things. It's a complete mindset and energetic shift. What you mm -hmm. just described, right? So you're saying with intention, which I totally get. Another word I would say is deliberate, mm -hmm. right? Because so there's a mindfulness or so you're very aware of everything that you're doing instead of just going through the motions as so mm -hmm. many of us do all day long. Mm -hmm. Wow. And now I'm also really kind of processing the idea you're so now you're also releasing different hormones within your body because mm -hmm. that you're not having the adrenal rush, which was in the becoming known thing. Like that was a big awareness thing for me, even pre pandemic that though I don't jump out of airplanes, I was addicted to stress, right? Mm -hmm. Because an adrenal junkie, like I love the, the, the incredible uh, the, whatever it released. And so this is where I totally get where you're coming from and the change in the body. And at first, by the way, if you're addicted to all that adrenaline, it doesn't feel good at first when you, you know, when you start to learn to detach, you're like, but wait, mm -hmm. I, I missed my jolt. And you have to mm -hmm. like learn to, you know, adjust to joltless. And you're like, Hey, wow, this is pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, but so, wow. So mindset, energy shift, the mm -hmm. breath work, so, cause this is where mm. I get, it's like embrace your slow year to actually get where you're meant to go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, you know, the slow, the slow, um, there, you know, the slow movement is been something that's been a, around for, you know, since the early nineties. And I don't think it's, um, ever gotten as much talk as what it needed to, or. Can you in, describe that a little bit, maybe, because maybe everyone listing does not know about what I believe it starts with slow food, but I could be mistaken. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so the slow food movement started in like the early nineties um, with Carlo Petrini, um, who was, and basically it was like kind of this revolt against the fact that they were trying to put in a McDonald's um, in, um, in, in Rome. And it was kind of this result, revolt against fast food. And so then over the years, all of these other movements have, kind of jumped up the slow cities campaign where they were installing more park benches and encouraging people to take a moment to sit in the park and more walkable spaces because in cities where and in in suburbia people tend to move faster because there's not as much opportunity to walk transit is always on wheels mm -hmm. and so encouraging more walkable spaces more opportunities and parks and all that so there's a slow cities movement there was slow sex and then there's you know the super slow like training movement and so there was a bunch of different movements that kind of um, and different campaigns around Wait, the I want to know about slow training but I want every filmmaker to understand I would love to see more slow sex in movies oh, yes. right instead of that everything happens in four or five minutes yes <laughs> please all right moving on yeah <laughs> yes yeah so uh super slow is um 
I can't remember the name of the, the gentleman that developed it, but he's based here in Orlando and um, super slow is this kind of the concept of um, the time under tension. So personal trainer, mm -hmm, my husband's mm -hmm. a trainer, just talks about time under tension. So he just talked about super slow and the impact of really slow weight training and its capacity to actually build muscle um, at a more rapid rate. And even when we talk about like the fat burning zone, you know, the, popular knowledge is that like your heart rate around like one between 130 and 135 is kind of the optimal rate for like fat burning so so and and at that heart rate you're usually maybe like walking up a slight incline or you might be on a stairmaster but it's not this vigorous like high level intensity kind of training so this is what these concepts are built on okay so go and do your own research don't take for the Bible, anything I, you know. But that that's a great word too that we hadn't brought up was this notion of intensity. So it's mm -hmm. literally anything we do, if we just reduce the intensity mm -hmm. because yes. we go into meetings, we feel intense. Yes. We get into our cars, we're feeling intense. Yes. We get in line, we're feeling intense. Or maybe, I, maybe I'm just revealing too much, but I mean, I'm really, I'm, I'm getting this. It's just, it's really, again, comes back to breath and mindfulness. It does. A, a lot of it, 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 a lot of us starts and exists there. Um, and I think that one of the principles that um, in the slow year program that we're going to be speaking about is permission, because this mm. idea that this idea that we can actually give ourselves permission to slow down, because there's a lot that comes up you know, when we think about slowing down or even slowing down for an extended period of time, there's like guilt. Um, there is fear. What's going to happen if I slow down though? And that's been a big thing that people have said to me, well, I'm like, my business will suffer or my work will suffer or some other thing will suffer if I slow down. In a city um, like New York. Oh my gosh. I mean, it, it, anywhere really, but, uh, because as you were talking earlier, I was going to say it's my social life will suffer. I will, mm. I, everybody I know is rushing. I don't have any slow friends or it's also the, so ground permission and the change of identity and how we see ourselves yes. is very powerful. Cause even if you, even as you were talking in my head, I was thinking about how hard it is for me to put some of this into practice without apology, because mm. it's, you feel guilty putting yourself first and saying, you know, I'm going to beg off. I'm not going to go attend to that thing. I'm not going to go do Instead, I'm going to listen to my body yes, and to take care of myself, which I believe in on a daily basis, but mm. still really hard to articulate to others. Mm. Well, and so, and I understand that. And I think that probably one of the most important things for me this year has been my prioritization of communion. Yeah, what I mean by communion is it's it's um, just how we would be in community with people, but communion is like this deeper spiritual and emotional connection that we build with people through relationship, and so it's kind of like taking this idea that we all of our relationships um, we meet out at the restaurant for an hour or two hours, and then we say goodbye and we go our separate ways. But what would it mean to like actually do life with people a little bit more? Mm. And so, what does that, that mean to do life? Well, I mean that that means like I'm having dinner tonight at my home, and I'm cooking my dinner, and I'm inviting you into my home to have dinner with me. 
rather than, you know, these isolating experiences where, okay, we're, we're sitting out and we, are, we aren't in each other's home or we have these like not boundaries but barriers around our space and we have bound, barriers around our time and we are so rigid and inflexible with how we spend it or like you you know you ever had that friend where they're like I can meet with you but two hours and like that's it whereas these leisurely afternoons where I make plans with you and we meet at the coffee shop and and we're sitting out in the sun and there's just no time limit to what the to what time we have together and you know what I might spend like an hour or two with you at the coffee shop and then we decide to get up and go for a walk and do some shopping together because we both need to do shopping anyway you know like or or we might just decide like oh I need to go I'm going to go and read a book because that feels good and so you join me in the park and we read a book too like there's just this um there's there's just this warmth and and this um this capacity to go deeper and just to feel comfortable with people in a way that I feel like we've just lost a lot of that. I had a friend, we had a friend recently, he called us and he was outside of the apartment and he said, and I know a lot of people would hate this, but he called and he said, Hey, like I was in the neighborhood and I thought I would just stop by, but he can't get into the actual building. And we were like, oh my gosh, we're so, hey, this is awesome. We went out, we let him in and we were so excited. I got him food and drink and like, oh my gosh, Mike, it's so good to see you. And he was like, oh, you know, I wasn't really sure if I should do that because, you know, people don't like to just be dropped in on these days. And I feel like there's this there's this missing art that we've kind of lost. And it's like creating that type of um, communion, like within yourself and extending it out towards others in a way that they feel comfortable to like to, to do life with you in that way. Um, and so that's when I think of communion, you know, with our storytelling events, we do this, um, my husband and I, we, we host, um, produce and host a storytelling event here in the Miami, city of Miami Beach called Miami Beach Storytelling. And it's basically like the moth, you know, I'm not going to, we, we basically were like, wow, we love the moth. Let's do something similar um, here in Miami. So we do that once a month. But I, I will say, I think, I don't know how the moth itself runs, but for us, one big aspect and probably the most important aspect of what we do is that after the event we always invite everyone to come out and have a meal with us and so we keep the event intimate there's only like um, space for ever 40 people can can fit in the 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 place that we do it here at the hotel Um, but afterward we always say hey guys like you know now we all get together and we go out and eat and so we go we walk together from the hotel to timeout market where all of the market where they can pick whatever they want to eat we sit down at a long table sometimes there's a dj there we get up and dance we hang out but that that once a month that's our thing and the most special part of the night the storytelling's great the event is fun it's always cool to like hear and connect with people but that's like the first step that's like the that is like the entry point for understanding a person's story and almost like the icebreaker. But the true communion and the and the real experience of the night happens after that. Because that's the time that we now just get to like walk together down the street. Like when was the last time you just like walked with somebody? like a group of friends just down the street to a restaurant rather than just meet, you know, you know, there's like little things that I think slowness is allowed. And so when I, when I hear 
you know, you saying like, well, I'm, af I'm afraid my social life will be affected. The first thing that comes up for me is like my social life has been so much more enriched mm. because, because I have chosen in this year that I will be the person that creates, that holds, that is not only just is the person, but that also holds the space for all my friends who were frantically like circling around me to be like, ah, like when I come into Candace's space, when I go to an event that Candace holds, when I'm in the park at a mafia night or whatever other game night or where we're out eating or whatever, we know that like this space is a chill space. This is a connected space. This is a space where like time isn't really a thing. We hang out as long as we want. And um and I think that that's changed a lot for me because it's it's allowed me to feel more connected to people. And I and a lot of people have come to me this year and been like, thank you, thank you, like the, from the book clubs to storytelling to just what we do. Wow, thank you for like creating this because we feel like connected in a city where we, we didn't feel like that before. Mm. How can people join the slow year? Well, right now we have a wait list, um, theslowyear.com is where you go and so we have a wait list where December 5th uh, we'll be hosting a virtual summit and we'll be giving people all of the details of, about how to actually go ahead and um, join and then we'll be starting the experience in January um, and so yeah right now it's the slowyear.com. Oh, I love this so so many great words that we've attached to this in addition to energy mindset connection and communion and to live with people or to do life together. Wow. You have just, you have just enriched my day, Candace. Mm. Oh, I'm always happy to hear that and always happy to have a conversation with mm. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, can, I mean, I can't even tell you how much I needed to slow down today and mm. talk to you. Mm. A complete shift in my own energy at the end of our conversation. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Thank you so much. And I want to thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. If you're interested in media coaching for you or your team, please shoot me a note and please be sure to visit ableintermedia.com and download my free ebook, 12 Tips for Success on Camera. And as always, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already.